to everybody. Good afternoon. Um, for those who are listening across the world, I just want to wish Mr. Kurt Rothschild, who is our, I think it's safe to say, the oldest learner of Tzurba Mirabanan, who has just celebrated his 99th birthday uh, and is sitting here learning Tzurba Mirabanan with us. So please God, all the other learners should uh, learn from uh, from. Uh, Kurt and be able to be Zochet to carry on learning even at 99 years old. Should be able to get to 99 years old and learn at 99 years old. Yashakwach. Okay, we will be dealing uh, with the Halachot of Hanukkah in the fourth volume on page 295. The <coughs> source of, mis- of all the Halachot of Hanukkah, as opposed to Purim, we have a complete Masechet. We have a, a tractate of Mishnayot and a, a whole tractate of Gemara dedicated to Masechet, uh, Masechet Megillah, which is basically dealing with the Halachot of the Chag of Purim. And most of the Chagim have a Chag, have a, have a, a tractate. If they do Araita, we have Rosh Hashanah, Sukkah, Psachim, Yuma. The Rabbanan, we have Megillah, and when it comes to Hanukkah, we have no Mishnah and almost no Gemara that deal with the topic. And the question is, Darshani, how could it be that we have a Chag <coughs> that the Sanhedrin instituted, and yet um, it predates, it predates the celebration of Purim, because mm-hmm. right, this is referring to the events of Hanukkah took place in Beit Rishon, in the first Beit HaMikdash. And nevertheless, we almost have no Tanaitic literature about it and very, very uh, few uh, memories of the Amorai. So one understanding is based on the Shitta. In Gemara Shabbat, Shabbos. In Gemara Shabbat, we have a few lines which we're going to learn today. But yeah. it's not a Masechet. It's a, it's a few... It's not even an entire daf. It's, yeah. it's, it's a half a, half, a, half a daf dedicated to all the halachot of Hanukkah and where, how it came about. As opposed to, for example, Purim, we have an entire tractate, Masechet Megillah, dedicated to it. Only a few lines in Masechet Shabbos, as you say correctly, about Masechet Hanukkah. One understanding, um, who are the heroes of Hanukkah, they are the Maccabim. Now the Maccabim, the Ramban already tells us uh, in his Perush Ala Torah, the Maccabim, on the one hand, they were Kohanim, and they saved the day. On the other hand, they did a great sin, because the Maccabim became the kings of, of Israel. Now the Maccabim were from Kohanic lineage. They were Kohanim. And the Torah says, Lo shevet mi that the kingship, the monarchy, has to remain in the tribe of Judah. And yet the Maccabim basically felt for whatever the monarchs. And due to that, David felt it was inappropriate to make a whole Masechet for, for Hanukkah celebrating the heroes who are the Maccabim, when in essence it's not so pashut. What they did, at least after the story of Hanukkah, when there was a grave sin. Okay, so that could be an explanation why we don't have that much material dedicated by the Tanaim, definitely, and even by the Amoraim, not, not much uh, to go on. But where do we find it? We find it in Masechet Shabbos, as Mr. <coughs> Rothschild pointed out. Masechet Shabbos, Chaf Aleph Amud Bet, says the Gemara, page 295. In the uh, Tzurba. My Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? Mind you, in our Shmon Ezra, the Aranism covers it very well. We'll speak about that in a moment because we'll see the Alanism doesn't cover it very well because we're going to. So, correct. It, it does cover it in the Alanism. The question is why? Do we have to go to the Siddur to find out what Hanukkah is? Yeah. Usually you go to the Talmud and the Mishnah. Yeah, cool. Says the Gemara in a brighter. 
the Chafhebis Kisnei, the 25th of Kisnei, Yume de Chanukah, Tamnaya Inun, there are eight days of Chanukah, Dolo Lebisbid Bohon, Udolo Yitanot Bohon, you're not allowed to, if you have a, a, a Chas Vesholem, there's a Labaya, you can't do Hespedim, and also you cannot um, do, you cannot fast on these days. They're days of celebration. Why? When the Greeks came into the Beit HaMikdash, after they conquered it, they impurified the Chashmonaim overpowered them and were victorious. They never found any pure oil, just one little jar. That still had the seal of the coin gadol, and therefore it wasn't impurified. It could only last for one day. The miracle was that it lasted eight days. And the next year, they instituted the renaissance of the, the, the Chag, what we call Chanukah, of those eight days, remembering the miracle of the Pach Now, as Mr. Rothschild mentioned. In the Gemara over here, it doesn't talk about the victory uh, in any significant manner. It says when they were victorious, then they went in. The focus is the miracle of the, of the menorah in the Beit HaMikdash. And we know that if we, when we read Alanisim in the Amidah, it talks over there, the focus is actually the <coughs> victory, the miraculous victory of the Rabim Ma'atim, right? The, the, the many were conquered by the by by the few, and the strong were conquered by the, the, the weak, etc. etc. So that is another duality of the Schag, is the focus on the military victory that Hashem allowed us to win, or is it on the specific victory, the miracle of the Pachashemen, and why there is no other significant act that we do to remember the military victory. These are all shaylas that many have written about and we're not going to go into today. We're going to focus more on the halachot. And the halacha, based on the miracle of the lighting in the menorah, says as the Gemara continues, the Gemara in Shabbat Chaf Aleph, Tan Rabbanan, Ner Chanukah, Mitzvah Lanicha Al Petach Beito Mi Bachutz. We have a miracle of the lighting of the candle, and therefore we have a mitzvah to light candles <coughs> on Chanukah. The mitzvah says the brighter, Ner Chanukah, the light of Chanukah, it is a mitzvah to place it by the doorway of his house on the outside. Now this brighter is very important. Number one, it uses the language of Ner, not Nerot. Right? So it sounds like you only need one candle. Which we'll see is uh, is mid, the is is the minimum that you need is only one candle every day. Even if you were to light one candle, you fulfill your obligation, right? We obviously light more, um, and that is the preferred way. But can you fulfill your obligation on a certain level even with one candle? Perhaps yes. The second point that this brighter mentions is al petach beto. You have to place it at the opening of one's house, implying that the house is critical for the mitzvah of Ne'er Chanukah. What would happen if a person doesn't have a house? Is there still a mitzvah to light Chanukah candles? So we'll leave that as a question for a moment. <coughs> but it says you have to do it at the opening of your house, mibachutz. So the question is, where are you exactly meant to light it? What house was the brighter talking about? And this is a famous machloket between Rashi and Toswat. Rashi understands that the house that we were talking about was as follows. You had a house and the opening of the house led onto a chatzer, led onto a communal courtyard. Communal courtyard shared by maybe two or three houses or five or six houses. And after the courtyard, there was an opening into the public domain. So the brighter was talking about the scenario that I have a house that leads onto a courtyard and that courtyard then leads onto the public domain. And the brighter said, where do I light? 
I liked by the opening of my door. Meaning that even though my house does not lead on to the public domain, it leads on to a courtyard, nevertheless I liked by my front door. Look at Rashi, source number three. Mishum Pirsum Enisa, why do you light it on the outside because of publicizing the nace? and not in the public domain, rather it's basically in one's courtyard. Rashi describes that my house is facing a courtyard and the brighter told me that I light it next to my front door. That's going to be very important. Because Tosvot argues, Tosvot, source number four over there says, Tosfod understood the brighter as follows. I have, a, I have a house literally facing the public domain, the main street. And in that case, the brighter says, that's when I light on my, by my door, by my front door. Aval says Tosfod. However, in yesh chatzer livnei habayit, if there is a courtyard in front of the house, so where should I light? Says Tosfot, mitzvah laniach al petach Tosfot holds that the mitzvah is to light it at the entrance of the courtyard, not by my front door. Basically, according to Tosfot, the critical point is the, where my property converges onto the public domain, that is where I have to light. So if my house is directly facing the, the street, I light by my front door. But if my house has got a garden or some type of courtyard, and that courtyard leads onto the public domain, I have to light by the court, at the edge of the courtyard where the people on the street can see it. Now, how does the Shulchan Aruch pass them? This is obviously a very practical ramification. Where do you light? Do you light by your front door? Or do you light at the end of your property which converges onto the street? Says the Shulchan Aruch. Orachayim, Taf, Reish, Ayin Aleph, Sifay, Ner Chanukah, Menicha, Al Petach, Asamuch, Lirshut, Harabim, Mibachutz. Says the Shulchan Aruch, the critical thing is it has to be converging on the public domain. Now, if your house is directly facing onto the public domain, you do it on your, at your front door of your house. But if you have some type of courtyard, which is very often in many houses, one should place it at the edge of one's property, at the edge of one's courtyard that leads onto the household. It sounds like, according to the Shulchan Aruch, we paskin like Tosvot. And based on that, we should all not light by our front doors, unless our, literally our front door steps onto the street, but rather we should light at the edge of the courtyard. Now, although the Shulchan Aruch paskin like that, there is a debate. And the debate is as, is as follows. Today we have courtyards, we have gardens, we have all types of uh, <coughs> extensions, <coughs> driveways to our property. Has, has that got the halachic status as a courtyard? Remember the courtyards in the, in the times of the sages was basically a place where they would do... Um, <coughs> They would so do it in. They would do it in. They would use the courtyard, basically to clean their. What we call tashmushay snuin. They would do it for um, certain private uses. Now it doesn't mean that they would uh, do things that are completely not sanua. In the courtyard, because in the end of the day, it was semi, it was semi um, public in terms of five or six families used to use it. But for example, they would do their laundry in the courtyard, something that they might not do in the public domain, but they would do it in their courtyard. They would clean their dishes. 
something that they would not necessarily do in the public domain, which they would do in their courtyard. They would go out in their pajamas with a, call it a robe, over them. Not something you would necessarily do in the public domain, walk in the street with your, with your gown, but in the courtyard it was semi-accepted. So it was, it was a semi-private, which, why, why is that important? It is in, in essence an extension of one's home. It's an extension of one's home. Now let's take today's courtyards or gardens or driveways. Could we say that those are also halakhically considered a courtyard? We saw that the Shulchan Aruch says you have to light in the courtyard. Now from the brighter, the brighter mentioned, it seems to be that it has to be connected to one's house. <coughs> now I can understand the psak of Tosfot and the Shulchan Aruch that they said light at the edge of the courtyard because the courtyard is still some type of extension of one's house because I, I use it for house uh, activities, washing of the dishes, uh, etc., the laundry. And that's why, since it's still an extension of my house, I can light it and also benefit from that it's close to the public domain. The question is, would that apply to my driveway, where I wouldn't be comfortable doing my dishes and walking out in my, my, my uh, pajama gown, uh, robe, etc.? That might be different. This is a machloket between the achronim. So we're just going to, we'll see that the Chazonish held that basically the courtyard of today is not the driveway of today. Even the garden of today is not the same courtyard that the Shulchan Aruch was talking about. And therefore, if you have that courtyard, you cannot fulfill your, your obligation in such a courtyard. You should light it in your, in your home, by your front door. Others, Rabbi Yashiv, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach, said no. The, the courtyard of today is similar to the courtyard of yesteryear, even though I might not do the same actions. Let's read the Piskei Truvot in Tzach. According to the Chazonish, I'm just going to switch off. So, Uveshema Chazonish. מביאים שבימינו, in our times, שאין החצר משמשת אלא למעבר. Our courtyards are just there as a, a thoroughfare, a thorough way to get to the house, או לגינה, או as some type of garden, לא לשימוש ביתי כבמי חזל. It wasn't used as, you know, usages of the home, ואם ידליקו בפתח החצר לא יהיה הקר או פרסום הנס לבני הבית. And if they would light in the courtyard, it would not be so, such of a piercing to the people of the household. Therefore, says Chazonish, we paskin, in this case, we go back to the Psak of Rashi. Not because he's going against the Shulchan Aruch, but he's saying the Halakha of the Shulchan Aruch no longer applies. However, B'Shem Agrizmi Brisk, the, the Brisker of, he argued, so the briskerov held even today one should use the general courtyard, one should Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach and Rav Yachid also felt that that was appropriate. Um, another practical ramification of this argument would be if you have a multi-story, oh, we'll come back to the multi-story in a moment. What is the Mishnah Bura Paskin? Um, the Dirshu bring, it's source number seven. Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach, Shechatserot Shelanu Dinan Kechatser Linyan Ner Chanukah, Vechain Dat Rav Yashiv. Rav Yashiv and Rav Shlomo Zaman both hold that our courtyards, our driveways, are considered basically an extension of our house and that the din of a courtyard, just as in the times of Chazal, and therefore, according to them, you should still light at the edge of the courtyard facing the street. What would happen if people live in a multi-story apartment building? Right? So here you have two problems. We're going to address each problem independently. A problem number one is... I mean, this is merely the discussion of 
the extent of how so many is Right. That's it. But why we don't give more uh, <coughs> to Hanukkah, it doesn't answer. Doesn't answer. Correct. Why? Mind you, we say Halel and we are commanded to light candles. Right. Candles because the oil lasts and only <coughs> one lasts uh, for eight days. Right, right. So isn't that enough? That is enough. In terms of that's why we celebrate it. But now we want to know what they tell us we have to fulfill the mitzvah. The question is how we fulfill the mitzvah. So it seems to be that Hazal said that it has to be connected to the bayit, to one's home. And also it has to be Pirsume Nisa. And also it has to publicize this. And the question is, what exactly was the definition of the mitzvah according to, according to the sages? We have a machloket between Rashi and Tosvot. Shulchanar Paskins like Tosvot that it's at the outside of the courtyard. And certain poskims say that today, the courtyard today is no longer the same, but Rabbi Yashiv and Rabbi Shomazaman held that it is still the same. Um, and therefore, so now we're dealing with, correct, how, how you fulfill the mitzvah of Pirsum and Nisa day, I suppose maybe that does come down to it, because in Piskei Truvot, we won't read it inside, even the Chazon Ish would agree that if your front door is not, um, is not, going to, no one's going to be able to see it from the street, then even he would agree that perhaps it would be best to light it in one's courtyard facing the street so that there's a greater Pirsum and Nisa. Um, what about lighting inside? Um, this, this maybe you, you might remember from Germany, Mr. Mr. Rothschild. Did they light inside the house or outside the house in Germany? Do you remember? Do you remember what they used to do in Germany? Did they light inside the houses or outside the houses? I mean, we lit inside. You lit inside. Okay, great. Because where did that... When the Nazis came to power... Right. It would have been much too dangerous... Right. To... to put lights outside, on the outside... And draw... Germans... To where the Jews live. Right. Right. So that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says... Shabbat Chafalef, I'm on source number 12... Uvish'at sakana In a time of danger... You place it inside, <coughs> inside their house, and that's enough. You fulfill the obligation. And says the tour, When you cannot fulfill the mitzvah outside for certain danger, then you place it inside, and that's good enough. Now, What's interesting is that that seems to be there was a very specific time. Obviously, in the time of the Nazis, that was, that was appropriate, right? But it seemed to be that it became minhag ashkenaz, always to light inside, even though there wasn't a danger. This is brought down by the Orzarua. The Orzarua says, source number 14, this is his in Hilchot Chanukah, Siman Shin Chaf Gimel, says the, or, uh, the Orzarua. <coughs> what does it mean, Shat Sakana? When there was some type of decree that the Jews weren't permitted to light Hanukkah candles, and that's why they had to light them inside. And now, says the Orzarua, the Orzarua, living in the, I think he was in the 12th century, if I'm not mistaken, he says, the Lake Sakana, there is no danger. I'm not, I don't know the reason why we are still lighting inside and why we're not lighting in the courtyards. It's interesting. The Orzarua is telling a fact. The fact was in Ashkenaz, they started lighting inside. Perhaps they started lighting inside because there was a time when it was dangerous. After the time passed, they continued to light inside. 
And says the Arizarua, I'm not sure why we carry on lighting inside, but that's what everyone's doing. This is a rifle. Arizarua, if, if he feels he can change a minak, he would have done so. But he didn't. And that's a question. Why did Arizarua not change the minak? <coughs> says the Shibole Aleket, another Rishon. If it's in a time of danger, you place it inside and that's enough. Kata bal and the Bala Dibrot said, Since they had a custom to light it inside when that was the custom, when in the time of danger, that now became the official custom. However, if one can light it outside, one should light it outside. That's what the Shibulei Aleket seem to uh, seem to imply. So now, what does the Shulchan Aruch write? Shulchan Aruch doesn't mention this minag of lighting inside. Doesn't mention it. Obviously, he talks about shata sakana, but it not a shata sakana. You light it outside. However, the Rama minag Ashkenaz says the Rama, and this is the Rama in Tafresh Ayn Aleph Halacha Zayin. He says as follows. Mil bezmanaze in our time, Rama's 16th century <coughs> in Krakow. Shekulano madikin befnim. We all light inside. Now, Krakow, there was no problem for Jews to light outside. Venekir libne reshuta rabbanim klau. And there's no, you know, the people on the outside, they can't see the candles at all. There's a Rambam mentioned Sakana. The Rambam mentioned Sakana. But they say, the Rambam says, if it's a time of Sakana, you light it inside. If it's not a time of Sakana, you don't light it inside. The Shulchan Aruch also mentions it. But the Rama is telling us the fact of the Minag in Ashkenaz. You mean the Rambam says, if there is Sakana or not, you light inside. No, no, not, not the Rambam, the Rama. The Rama. The Rama seems to say that the Minag was always to light inside. So the question is, it's not a time of sakana, it's not a time of danger. So why is the Ramah telling us that in Krakow, in the 16th century, they were all lighting inside? So one answer, right, is, um, one answer is based on the Dvar Yoshua. The Dvar Yoshua says that it seems that once there was a time of sakana, a Beitin came and made a new Takana. The original Takana to light outside was uprooted. And now we light inside. To such an extent that Dvar Yoshua, when Jews came to Eretz Yisrael in the beginning of the 19th century, and they were lighting outside, the Dvar Yoshua said to Rabbi Yashiv, why are you lighting outside? Why are you such a, 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 a modern posek? You're lighting outside. You're changing the Minag of the Ramah. He says, well, what are you doing? And Rabbi Yashif didn't agree with him. Rabbi Yashif felt that Bishata Sakana, but in Eretz Yisrael there was no Sakana, and you can light it. <coughs> and we should do the original Takana. So there could be an understanding of it. Many Jews still in Chutzaret light inside, based on this Shita of the Ramah. Says, um, says the Mishnah Bura, okay, Ve'en Lashanot, if you have a window that is close to the public domain, you should light it by the window. So that people could say, Unless it's going to cause pogromim, etc., etc., so because of that, uh, we, uh, says Mishabura, okay, you can light it inside, but move it to the window as opposed to on your table. Ramah was talking about lighting it on the table. We basically, a lot of people in Eretz Israel basically say we don't accept this minag of the Ramah, even B'nai Ashkenaz, and we light it outside. Uh, the Mishabura comes to some type of Shara compromise, he says, light it inside, but light it at the window. So 
as far as I know, Minaginerit Yisrael is even for Ashkenazim, is basically to light it outside um, with no concern that we're going against the Minag of the Ramah, because we're going back to the original Psak of the Gemara. What is, uh, what is Rav, Shlomo, uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein say? Let's just go to the end of, uh, of his Psak. Lachain. Although in our times the main Pirsumanisa is for the people in the actual house, since we cannot light outside, I'm not sure why but Moshe Feinstein was saying we cannot in America. Perhaps he was saying we cannot because physically they couldn't. Everyone was living in apartments. Right? Therefore, we call Makom, why do we in America? Rav Moshe finds he's writing in America. And he's saying that we cannot light outside. Now, in a, clearly in America, there was no problem of sakana. There wasn't a problem of danger. So it, it could be that physically they weren't able to light outside. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't really understand this, uh, what he's referring to. Mikol Makom says Rav Moshe Feinstein, nevertheless, and this is what I do. I light by the window that faces the public domain. So even even those that are lighting inside are not following the Ramah. The Ramah said you light it on your table. Here they're lighting it by the window close to the, um, <coughs> close to the public domain. Another problem that comes up in the in the modern day buildings is that the Gemara writes source number 19 in Ner Chanukah that was placed above 20 Amot 20 Amot is approximately 10 meters 9.5 meters is basically Pasul you cannot fulfill your obligation so anyone living on the 4th floor of an apartment building or higher, basically, according to the Gemara, it seems that they cannot light their candles, um, and if they do light their candles there, it would be passive. That's how the Shulchan Aruch passes. Aval says the Shulchan Aruch, right? If he lit it above 20 Amot, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. <coughs> Says Ramah, even if you started, you lit it above 20 amot, and then you took it downstairs, you still haven't fulfilled the obligation. Why? Because the ikar is where you light it, when you light it. And if it was in a place that you can fulfill your obligation, so what have you done? So now the question is, um, look at the Sharatzion. Achen, right? But if the chalon was gavoa mikarka reshuta rabim lamala mesrimama, if the window was higher than the public domain by 20 amot, then a care libner reshuta rabim as tov yoter laaniach bepetach measher bechalon. In such a case, it's better to place it in the door frame and not by the window. However, there are other poskim in today's time that disagree with this whole psak. They say that the Shulchan Aruch was paskining when, when you know, there was one high building and the people that were looking were in the street. What happens when you're living where there are many sky rises and so maybe people from the street might not be able to see it, but the people in the opposite apartment building would be able to see it. This is a famous truva of Rav Moshe Feinstein, and um, he passed that it would be okay, right? And that's also the opinion of the Shevet Halevi and Rav Obad Yosef. However, Rav Eliashiv argues. Rav Eliashiv says you can't fulfill the obligation. Why? Because according to Rav Eliashiv, the definition of the public domain is what? It's the people on the street. And therefore, the people on the street are not going to look up. And Chazal tell us, more than 10 meters, people don't look up. In such a case, <coughs> you cannot fulfill your obligation. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's just Unless, read. if you have a very tall building and you have on top of the building a very, very big Chanukia, right, where it's noticeable to people even down on the ground, 
according at least to the way Hashar Tzion puts it, he says, "Ve'ein heker If if the whole idea is that Rishut Arabim should be able to see it and should be able to would be would look look and see it, if it's something small on the, the top floor, so then you're not going to see it. But if you see something big, something really wow. But the problem is that people don't look up. They would look up. Why would they look up? If you see if you see on the top of a building, you're assuming you're seeing something. Why are you looking there? Well, you know, you look around, it's night time, you see lights on the top of the building. Okay, you make an assumption, which Chazal, I think, I'm, I'm not sure that would agree with that, with that assumption. The Gemara says, people generally don't look higher than 10 meters. So you say like this, in today's oh, time... I was going to say, yeah, then... People how many, look how many buildings were there that were so, so high up? Absolutely. Right. Nowadays, like you're walking around in, uh, in a city, That's in the center of New York, New York City, or in the center of London... You see these like enormous things, and you see lights very high up. There's right. all sorts of things going. So you say the way people have changed their viewing has also changed. Right. The problem is, uh, then, but what do you do about the twenty arm right. right. So I, I, I haven't seen that suggestion in the poskim. I've seen the, the suggestion. Only, that the reason why I'm thinking about it also is because the Shah Hatziyun he adds it in. He just, he just says in Machalon Gavami Kaka Rishud Arab and Manu Mesirim Amav. It's not just that it has to be higher than twenty arm in other words, if it's higher than 20 amma, but there is Hekel Libne Rishad Arabim, then you can put it in the window. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hi, look, it's hi. an interesting, interesting swara. It's a very interesting swara. Uh, okay. <coughs> um, Again, what's the reason for it not being above 20 amma? Because people what's, generally don't look higher. Because for people to see it. Yeah. But if, if that's not the case, and people would see it, then. How do you know that people would see it? You're assuming that people are going to look up. Right? You're assuming people are going to look up. If Chazal tell us that that assumption is incorrect, then we're in trouble. You're saying that that assumption was for their times, and in our times, that assumption has changed. Possibly. But we have to have a, a POSIC to, to, to suggest that. And, 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 okay. Um, very briefly, let's deal with the sugya of when are you meant to light Hanukkah candles. <laughs> so the Gemara says, again, Shabbat Chafalef, Mitzvata Mishet Tishka Chama Ad Shetichle Regal Minashuk. From the time the sun sets until the last person has basically left the marketplace. How do you understand from the time the sun sets? Now, this is a huge debate amongst the Rishonim. And the truth is that many of the Rishonim have tied this debate to the question of when Shabbat comes in and when Shabbat comes out. There's a famous machloket of Rabbeinu Tam, which the Shulchan generally paskins like him, right, regarding when Shabbat comes in and when Shabbat goes out. And the Vilna Gaon said that he got it wrong. Right? The Vilna Gaon basically came along and said, no, Shkiyat means when the sun, the ball of the sun, the disk of the sun can no longer be seen. That's the beginning of Shkiyat, right? And Seita Kochavim is a, a few minutes after that. When it comes to Hilchot Shabbos, although the Shulchan Aruch Paskin like Rabbeinu Tam, most of the world adopted the opinion of the Vilna Gaon. That we say once the, the ball of the sun is set, that is the beginning of Shkiyat, and now you cannot do any, any Malacha to do Malacha, right? That's already Suffolk uh, uh, Doraita during Banash Mashot. We don't do Malacha uh, during that time. What would be the din regarding lighting of Hanukkah? So here, the, the, <coughs> let's, let's look at the Tosfot. Tosfot says, Omer Hari Porat, the Yeshli Zaher Uladlik, Belayla Miyad Sheloyacher Yoter Midai. Tosfot sounds that we have to light. In the beginning of the nightfall, right? And look at the run. The run says, The main mitzvah is during the nightfall. But the run says, if you want to bring it early, you can bring it early. How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? You cannot light it before the sun sets. You meant to light it at the end of sunset. What is that referring to the end of sunset? Nightfall. 
לא מאחרים ולא מקדימים. You cannot light it later and you don't light it earlier. According to the Shulchan Aruch, it sounds like he's paskening, similar to how he paskened regarding when we bring Shabbos in and when we take Shabbos out. He's paskening like the Rabbeinu Tam, who basically says, Mishet Tishkach Amam basically means right when it becomes nightfall, at the end of sunset. At the end of sunset, when nightfall comes in. Now, there's a bit of a, a, a discrepancy over here. Doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because it's Shabbat on Friday night. No, but, but before you get to Shabbat, before you get to Shabbat, right? Before you get to Shabbat, the Vilna Gaon Paskins, when it comes to Hilkot Shabbos, when do we say is Shkia? Basically, when the ball of the sun sets, right? Mm-hmm. So says the Vilna Gaon, if that's the thing for. For Hilchot Shabbos, that's also the din for Hilchot Chanukah. What does the rest of the world do? We paskin regarding Hilchot Shabbos, we paskin like the Vilna Gaon. Right? But when it comes to Hilchot Chanukah, many people light Sait. at Sait. So isn't that a bit of a discrepancy? Since all the Rishonim tied the two Halachot together, if you're going to be machmir, if, not machmir, if you're going to follow the Vilna Gaon for regarding Hilchot Shabbos, why are you not following the Gaon regarding Hilchot Chanukah? Practically, I think the Minagar Oilam is not to follow the Gra, and many people like after Tzait. I'm just pointing out that it seems to be not so sound halachically that you're choosing, in this case, you're choosing to go follow the Gra, and in that case, you're choosing to follow the Shulchan Aruch, and nevertheless, um, they, they connect the two sugyas. So, the Shulchan Aruch has a problem because of Shabbat, Friday night. What do you mean? It says, Well, that doesn't work on Friday night. Okay, so on Friday night, he will agree that <laughs> you have to like, <laughs> Correct, he's talking about during the week. But during, for Shabbat, obviously we're going to see that, that he has a different rule. Now, how do we pass it? Like the Vilna Gaon? To do it at Shkia, which I think is about 4.42 or something like that. Or at Tzayt HaKochavim. By the way, Tzayt HaKochavim, if you're going to really pass like Rabbi Anitam, is it really Rabbi that? Rabbi like 5.54, right? At least for Yad that's the time. No one does that. We pass him straight off the Mariv, right? Which is 5.15 or something, right? So it seems like you're not passing like, now that like the Shulchan Aruch, no, but it's a big trollant. Anyway, says the Mishra that is the beginning of the second shkia, and that is approximately a quarter of an hour. Those people who daven mariv in its time, the you should light before the time of Mairiv. This was the meaning of the Gra. They would first light the candles with Shkia, and then he would go and David Mariv in its correct time. Right? But then says the Mishnah Burah, if you've already, you didn't like the Shkia, now it is Seito Kokhabim, says the Mishabur in that case, you first daven and then you light. Two reasons he gives. One, Tadir Vesheinot Tadir, Tadir Kodem, what is usual, what is more frequent, you do, and what is less frequent comes secondary. Right, and Hanukkah is only eight days of the year, whereas Mariv is every every day of the night, every day of the year. And the second is Mariv has Kriyachma, which is a mitzvah Doraita, and therefore that should um, that should be uh, that that's why we should light over there. So basically, the Mishabura is telling you as follows: You are the light at Shkia, according to the Vilna Gaon, and if you're not going to light like the Vilna Gaon, you're going to wait until Tzaita Kochavim, then first have a Mariv. And then come back and light. I just was discussing with a big Talmud Chacham who pointed out that what was the reason of the, of the Mishnah Burr? The Mishnah Burr was two reasons. Tadir, Vesheno Tadir, Tadir Kodim. Wait a minute, I didn't understand. I'll say it again. 
the Mishra Burra says, Ave you light like the Vilna Gaon at Shkia. Approximately, that would be today, 4.40. And then, after you've lit in your candles, you go down and marry. Wait a minute. We can light candles today from what time on? According to the Vilna Gaon, from Shkia. Shkia. Shkia, which is approximately, let's say, 4.42. Which is right now at 5.30 or... No, no, earlier. 4.40. 4.40. 4 o'clock? No, not 4 o'clock. 4.40. 20 to 5. Ishkia. Ishkia. And from then on we can light. And, and that's when you should light according to the Vilna Gaon. But according to the Shulchan Aruch, that's too early. You shouldn't be lighting there. You have to wait for... Seita Kochavim. You should be lighting at Seita Kochavim. So says the Mishnah either you light according to the Vilna Gaon at 4.40 when it's Shkia. Alternatively, if you wait until Seita Kochavim, until nightfall, which is about 5.02 or 5.05, depending where you live, in that case, before lighting the candles, you now have to go Daven Mariv. Okay, so holds. You first Daven Mariv, and then you should light the candles. So hold on, I'm just thinking ahead of what you're going to say next. Is that if you go according to the Vilna Gaon, surely you should daven ma- you can daven marif and pluck. Why? You can- not necessarily lachatchila. Okay, but if you're going to talking about tade and you got a doraita, it's not the zman of, of marriage. I mean, it's and- not zman. Tade only kicks in when it's the time. It's not yet time of marriage. You're saying that there's a Sometimes we can be made. That's no, that doesn't formulate the deal of Tadi. But that bed knows. Yeah. We like candles before dawning. Correct. At home. We light often. We dawning and then light candles. So you're following the opinion of the Shulchanara. So and many other chronic. Yeah. But I'm so just, even, even if we don't say about plugs, so then so if the Vilnagan says you should do it at Shkia. Yes. So you should, at Shkia, you should double Mariv. Why double Mariv? My cashier to Mariv. The Vilagon is talking about two separate things. Shkia is when you have to lie. The beginning of Shkia. Right. You have to double Mariv at Seita Kochavim. Seita Kochavim, according to the, uh, the, the, the Vilna Gaon, happens Wait, 20 minutes Vilna later. Wait, you can't double Mariv at Shkia? You, not Lechatchila. Not Lechatchila. Lechatchila, you should wait until nightfall. Right? So since you should wait until nightfall, so the time for Kriyat, for, for Hanukkah is at Shkia. Then afterwards, you wait 20 minutes, and then you go out and marry, and you fulfill your obligation. But here comes the question. Here comes the question I want to ask. Most people today, the Shulchan Aruch said like this, the Mishabur said, if you haven't lit candles, and now it's nightfall, go out and marry. Mm-hmm. Why? And if you haven't lit in the candles yet, and now it's nightfall. It's Tzayta Kochavim. First go Daven Mariv, and then light your candles. The Mishra gives two reasons. Because the mitzvah of Mariv is Tadir, is more frequent, more as opposed to Hanukkah, which is only eight days. And also the mitzvah of Mariv includes in it Kriyatma, which is a mitzvah Doraita, and obviously Hanukkah candles is only a mitzvah Darabana. The question that I want to ask is as follows. Let's say a person, most nights, goes to his Mariv minion at 8 o'clock at night. Most of us, at least in Eretz Yisrael, don't daven Mariv exactly at, at Seita Kochavim at 5 o'clock. You go home, and then at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, you have a Kavua minion that's, that's where you daven. Would it be appropriate to still apply the principle of Tadir Veshenot Tadir Tadir Kodem that the mitzvah of davening Mariv is more frequent? Is it a question of the mitzvah? But, but I never daven Mariv at 5 o'clock. I daven Mariv at 8 o'clock. Or I daven Mariv at 9 o'clock. So why, why am I applying the principle of Tadir? Is the din of Tadir a din in me personally? If it's my personal Minak uh, or, or what I do on a, on, a ba- on a daily basis. I don't daven Mariv at 5 o'clock every day. So the din of Tadir shouldn't apply. 
Or is it a din in the mitzvah? I daven Mari at eight o'clock or at nine o'clock. You know, actually I daven with my with in the kollel at quarter to six. But the point is, it's still not. It's still not exactly at seita kochavim. You mean whether it's summer or winter? No, in, in summer I don't have at quarter to six. In summer I have later, eight o'clock or nine o'clock, because quarter to six it's still summer. Right? But the point is, the question is, does the principle of Tadir of the Mishabura still apply today? So that's not clear to me, but the Minaga Oilam is if you wait until Tzaytha Kochavim, you go first Daven Mariv, and then you go and you, um, and then you go and light candles. Okay. Yeah, the mission of, from the wording of the mission of it doesn't sound like it's tadir to him. It's tadir. Okay. The mariv is tadir. Mariv is tadir. I agree. I agree. I was just, Talmud Chacham pointed out to me that he thinks that the din of tadir, uh, it's not so clear that it's, it's on, not on, on the person. Even, that it's not on the person. Yeah. He, he wasn't sure about that. Okay. The latest time for dumbing, uh, for lighting candles, I'll just say this outside because we, we've run out of time. But basically, <coughs> the Gemara says, mm-hmm. until everyone has left the, the, uh, the marketplace. And that is generally after Tzaita Kochavim, half an hour after nightfall. The question is today, when you have people that are, you know, that today people walk around a lot later. So perhaps that, that time frame can be extended. So this is a question. When a person has a, a, um, a question of whether they should wait to light as a couple and the husbands only get home from work at seven o'clock at night or 7.30 at night, is it preferable for the wife to light on behalf of the husband? Or do we say that maybe one can light? So I think a lot of poskim say in this case, from Zavon Arbach says, it's preferable to wait because since people today, Tichleh Regum in Ashuk objectively has become later, therefore it's preferable to, lay, to, to wait and you can light as a couple, as a family, and there will be more Pirasumanisa for the household, and that would be the uh, preferred way of doing it. The people that follow the Vilna Gaon would disagree. Because according to the Vilna Gaon, if you didn't light that Shkia, that's, that's, that's it. it yeah. You missed it. Yeah? Basically, according to the Vilna Gaon, you got from Shkia, half an hour, and that's it. If you didn't light it then, you've missed it. Okay, everyone should have a Chanukah Sameach, Bezrat Hashem, and uh, next week we'll continue with the uh, regular Kashrut Shurim. Yes, Akkoach.